This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Friday, November 5th. Brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Long-stalled USDA nominee to get votes. Food prices hit 10-year high. House sets Build Back Better and Infrastructure votes. The House of Representatives is set to vote today on both a $1.2 trillion bipartisan infrastructure bill and the larger Build Back Better package of climate measures and social spending. Why they matter? Well, House passage of the Senate-passed infrastructure bill would send it to President Biden for his signature. The measure includes funding for rural broadband and western water projects, as well as surface transportation and inland waterways. The Build Back Better bill contains $90 billion in new spending for agriculture, rural development, forestry, and child nutrition. House passage of the bill would then send it to the Senate. Bonnie needed to implement climate policy. Help is on the way for Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer has teed up votes on Robert Bonney's nomination to be USDA Undersecretary for Farm Production and Conservation, a post that will be critical to implementing President Biden's climate policy. The Senate is in recess next week for Veterans Day, but Bonney's nomination should be on the agenda the following week, meaning that he could be confirmed before Thanksgiving. Bonnie, who was nominated for the post in April, has been serving as Vilsack's top climate advisor while awaiting Senate confirmation. Bonnie is, quote, incredibly, incredibly talented and is a really important part of moving us forward, particularly when we're looking at what we're doing now, climate smart agriculture and sustainable forestry and so on, said Senate Agriculture Committee Chairwoman Debbie Stabenow of Michigan. Now, keep in mind, the Build Back Better bill contains $27 billion in conservation funding that would be under Bonnie's purview. Groups seek clarity on OSHA VAX mandate. Some agribusiness leaders will be seeking clarity on the new COVID vaccine mandate that OSHA has finalized. The new rule requires employees and companies of 100 or more workers to either get a COVID vaccine or wear a mask and undergo weekly testing. Justin Darcy, a spokesman for the National Council of Farmer Cooperatives, said OSHA provided, quote, some needed flexibility in terms of the compliance deadline, exempting outdoor workers and clarifying that employers were not required to pay for testing. But NCFC is still concerned about the way OSHA is determining what employers are covered and on the lack of clarity with regard to federated co-ops and their local co-op member owners. He said the co-ops also want OSHA to address the possibility of supply chain disruptions. In a September 16 letter to Labor Secretary Marty Walsh and Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack, NCFC President and CEO Chuck Connor asked OSHA, quote, to look at facility size rather than the size of the overall company as the applicable employee count so trigger can be mandated. 
He cited the example of a grain elevator that has fewer than a dozen employees and has no contact with corporate headquarters. The National Chicken Council spokesman Tom Super said his group was studying the rule and plans to submit comments on it. We'll have more AgriPulse Daybreak after this. Located in Washington, D.C., Watkinson Miller has been providing legal services to the agriculture industry for more than 30 years. The attorneys at Watkinson Miller possess a unique combination of knowledge, skills, and experience working with commodity boards and their partner organizations and the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Watkinson Miller is proud to serve the agriculture community by delivering top-quality legal services that achieve cost-effective results. Welcome back to AgriPulse Daybreak. FAO, world food prices reach 10-year high. Rising global demand and lower production for some commodities like wheat and vegetable oil is pushing food prices around the globe to the highest they've been in a decade. That according to the UN Food and Agriculture Organization. Beef and pork prices dropped during September, the third consecutive month, as China scaled back purchases. But Canada, Russia, and the U.S. are all seeing depressed wheat harvests, and palm oil prices are rising because of labor shortages, the FAO says in its monthly report on global food prices. Cheese prices are stable, but prices for butter, skim milk powder, and whole milk powder are on the rise as buyers try to build up stocks. While total grain production is actually strong, importers are buying up the crops and hoarding them out of concern that prices will continue to rise, according to the FAO. Mexico purchases boost U.S. wheat and corn sales. U.S. export sales of wheat and corn were sharply higher in the last week of October. That thanks primarily to big purchases by Mexican buyers, according to the latest trade data from the USDA's Foreign Agriculture Service. FAS reported total net sales of 400,000-plus metric tons of wheat from October 22nd to 28th, a 49% increase from the previous week. Of the total, Mexican buyers purchased over 101,000 tons, and U.S. sellers reported sales of more than 1.2 million tons of corn for the week, 663,000 tons, which was sold to Mexico. Now take note, the week was also a good one for export sales of soybeans, but China was the major buyer. FAS reported about 1.9 million tons in net sales of soybeans, That was a 58% increase from the previous week. China bought about 1.2 million tons of that total. Roundup plaintiff to SCOTUS. Stay out of case. A California man who won a $25 million verdict in federal court after alleging that Roundup caused his non-Hodgkin's lymphoma says there's no reason for the Supreme Court to overturn the decision. The jury verdict was upheld by the Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals, and Monsanto filed a petition in the Supreme Court seeking review, mostly on the basis that federal pesticide law preempts state failure to warn claims. But in his brief, Edwin Hardiman says there's no conflict in federal appeals courts on the question. The high court looks closely at whether lower courts disagree when deciding whether to grant petitions. Where, as here, 
a plaintiff proves that a herbicide is dangerous to human health, the manufacturer can be found in violation of both state and federal law, Hardiman argues. And there is no split of authority at all as to whether federal law impliedly preempts such claims. All courts agree it does not. Now keep in mind, Monsanto's parent company, Bayer, hopes a reversal of the Ninth Circuit decision will allow the company to avoid compensating plaintiffs in thousands of pending Roundup cases. Here's today's She Said It. We want to adjust the loans of those farmers who are at an economic disadvantage, whoever they are, wherever they are. That Senate Ag Chairwoman Debbie Stabenow of Michigan would ask whether she is confident that the farm debt relief provisions and Democrats' Build Back Better bill could withstand court challenges. An earlier debt relief program that was limited to racial and ethnic minorities has been blocked by the courts. White farmers could participate in the new version of the program. Well, that's Daybreak for this Friday, November 5th. Brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Alley.